Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here is your host, Marina Maria. Scripture Zechariah 2 5 over Faith City Outreach, where the Lord says, And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Blaze Foray, who is an entrepreneur, business manager, evangelist, author, and a preacher from Greensville, South Carolina. Blaze is here today to share his testimony when God led him to step out of full-time Christian ministry to pursue a career in sales in 2015, which led him into full-time success in the insurance business and in different career areas. Blaze, I thank God for sending you to be on Faith City Outreach, so thank you for accepting the invitation. Thank you for having me on, Maria. I'm looking forward to today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Blaze, I know you sent you spent 20 years preaching and speaking all over the United States and other parts of the world until God called you out of full-time Christian ministry to pursue a career in sales in 2015. Did you ever have any doubts that you were to leave a full-time Christian ministry to go into the world and pursue a business career? Um, yes, I had a lot of doubts, honestly. Um, Maria, I had a lot of doubts. It was uh it was a very interesting time. You know, I was, when I think back to that time and that season, you know, at the end of the day, and you've probably could, could tell stories about this as well, but we all, you know, the Lord is the one that directs our paths. We can make our plans, but the Lord directs our paths. And, um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, you know, writing down my goals and I like to, I like to journal on a daily basis. And I like to write down goals and I like to write down things. I feel like God's putting in my heart ideas I'm having, dreams and goals I'm aspiring to for the next week or year. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we know that we can, we can make our plans, but the Lord's going to be the one to direct our steps. It was 2000 and uh, it was 2014 when I had been traveling full-time and preaching. I had left one of the big ministries I was working at in Kansas City in 2012. I started traveling across the U.S. and preaching pretty consistently. And, um, and it was at that time that I met my wife in 2014. Um, and it was just clear that she was the one and I was ready and she was ready. And we moved forward, got engaged, got married. And at that time, it was such a big life change for me, you know, to get married in, in my, you know, younger 30s and already having a lot of life under my belt, or at least what it felt like. Um, it was just a big life change for me and for both of us, I think. And so I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I do this with, I don't want to be on the road so much and be gone all the time. And, um, you know, with her job that she had at the time. So it was really just trying to figure out how to start a beginning marriage and not be on the road all the time. And so my desire, and this is something I think that I would encourage people with, is sometimes people want to hear the voice of God audibly. They want to see, hear this lightning bolt or something. But 
sometimes the voice of God comes in directing our hearts and the desires that he leads us in. And when I started to sense at that time was a desire to step out of ministry. And I wasn't sure why, and I wasn't sure what it meant. And honestly, it was concerning to me. It was, it was a little scary to me because that's all I had done for years. But um, I just started to look for different opportunities out there and put my resume out, apply for different jobs. And, uh, you know, it, it, it didn't all happen right away. It took a little bit of time, but it was probably 2015 until late 2016 that I landed in the place where I am now. And, um, you know, it's been pretty amazing. But, but your initial question was, did I have doubts? Oh, yeah, I had a lot of doubts. Um, but, but you obeyed I, the voice, right? You obeyed God. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so many people out there that they probably were experiencing what you did. You know, they doubted and they didn't obey. And they're still right now in a job or maybe just in Christian ministry and still doing ministry, but not obeying the Lord. Right, right. Well, I remember one of the last times I preached and... um you know, and I was preaching. And when I say the last times, I just mean one of the last times I preached when I was in full-time ministry. And I remember I was preaching and I just had this sense, like, I don't, I don't want to do this right now. This is, you know, not where I want to be right now. Or it's not, I don't feel like this is where the Lord wants me right now. Not like I was disobeying at the time or anything, but I just started to sense that, you know, it's that you got to flow with the waves of God Mm -hmm. in your life. And, and, you know, the, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he directs that heart like a river. And so you can't worry if, you know, you just have to daily give your heart to God, daily give your desires to God and let let Jesus direct your heart. And that's what was happening. And I didn't know it at the time. I didn't fully understand it at the time, but I just had to follow that direction. And it wasn't always smooth sailing. I mean, sometimes it's going to be rocky waters and transition, but um, you know, if you will trust in God's sovereignty and his goodness over your life, then he'll, he'll lead you where you need to be. What advice would you give someone who also has been called out of full-time Christian ministry to pursue a business career? Well, um, you know, I'd say sometimes, sometimes it can be even circumstantial, you know, sometimes maybe, um, maybe, you know, maybe it was like me where I was, it was just, I felt like I needed to be focusing on my brand new marriage more than just traveling all around and preaching Needed to be focusing on the home life. And so that just took it. It wasn't so much that I wanted to transition into business and, you know, make a lot of money or something like that. It was just really, I just needed to transition into a way to provide for my family. And it was very circumstantial in that sense. And, um, but God's in, God's in the naturally supernatural things. You know, especially if you're the type of person like I was where, you know, everything had to be a dream or a vision or a, a big boom in the sky. At least it felt like that. Um, you know, sometimes sometimes God just would show me like, hey, hey, bud, I'm, I'm here in the natural. I'm here when you're going through this transition. And it's not always going to feel like, you know, this big supernatural thing. But just know that I am here. And, you know, Jesus, God becoming man. Um, in the person of Christ was very, that means he got down in the dirt with us and it, and it's not always clean. Sometimes it's messy, but he's with us in the midst of it. So if you're in that kind of a transition or things aren't all lining up, like they always have, maybe just need to just take a step back and say, Lord, you're moving me out of this. If you're transitioning me, then I just surrender. You know, sometimes surrendering to God's call can be, um, it's not just about going to the mission field. Sometimes it's about 
you know, doing something different, providing for your family, doing something that doesn't seem so, um, so amazing. So, so, you know, it it doesn't look like a, like Christian celebrityism or something. Sometimes it's just Mm -hmm. the normal day to day. And sometimes that means a lot to God because at the end of the day, obedience is a lot better than sacrifice, right? Absolutely. Amen. I know you are a business owner of, um, let's say business manager of an insurance company, the Leaser Group. How is it going mm-hmm. so far? Oh, it's, it's going great. Yeah. So I, I um, you know, I'm, I'm really, really thankful for the opportunity that God's given me to work with these people. Um, it was so, so I'll, I'll give kind of a context. So when I left ministry, I went back to what I, the last thing I had done when I was 17 or 18 before I got in full-time ministry. And it was, I was a barista at a coffee shop. And so I just reverted to what I knew. So I went and got a job as a barista and I was working long hours and became a shift manager. And, but I realized I, I'm not able to pro- provide for my family on this kind of a, on this kind of income. So I started putting out my resume and I got hit up by a car dealership. And I went in and I got the job as a car salesman, which was never a dream job for me, but I had to do what I had to do. And, um, but I sensed the anointing of God on me when I would go into work. I sensed mm-hmm. the presence of God. I sensed the excitement to serve people, to be the best at what I could be. Something that God showed me when I was the, um, the, the barista at that coffee shop was he just, I, I felt like he spoke to me, said, Blaze, I want you to sweep these floors like you own these floors. Mm-hmm. I want you to serve the every single client that comes in this coffee shop like you're the owner of this coffee shop. I want I want you to serve them like you were serving God himself. And I did that, Maria. I did that every time somebody came in and I got mistaken for the for the owner of the coffee shop so many times. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm I'm just I'm just a barista, I believe but, it. <laughs> but 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 if you carry that some people say, well, someday when I'm, it's always about someday, someday when I'm the owner of this business, I'll do really well. Or when I'm the, the big preacher on the stage, then I'll do well. Well, what about just being the usher at church? Why don't you just move the chairs properly? Why don't you do it? Like, why don't you do it? Like you, you own it. Why don't you sweep Start the floor now. in your current job? Right. Like it's because, because what the way you do, what you do today mm-hmm. is the way that you'll do what you do when it's bigger. If you're faithful with the small, you'll be faithful with the greater. So as I be- began to do that and I stepped into the car sales job, I became, you know, one of the top salespeople in the first three months. I um, read got- that. Yeah, yeah, I got recruited out of there pretty quickly into the insurance business and selling insurance. And um, you know, I love what I do. I was able to start recruiting and start my own agency within the company. Got about 35, 40 agents that work with me around the nation that I, you know, train over the phone, fly out and help them train them and things like that. Um, but yeah, I've been doing this now for 3, a little over 3 years and it's it's been incredible. It's been a huge huge blessing. So are you able to share your faith with your coworkers? Oh yeah, I mean, um, you know, the gentleman that started our company, he's a Christian. You know, he's uh, his name's Art Leaser. Awesome. He's a really good guy, and he, you know, before our conferences, before our sales meetings, uh, we do we do sales meetings twice a year, big conferences with all of our agents, and he has me get up there and pray at the beginning of each conference. You know, wow. before we start, That's awesome. so he always has us do the pledge of allegiance, and then he has me get up there and pray for our company. So I mean, he's he's, he wants God's favor on the company. And, um, and that's been such a cool opportunity, you know, to be in a company like that. So, and that's um, why he's being blessed. That's why his business is blessed. 
Exactly, exactly. Now, do you still travel and preach all over the United States and other parts of the world when you have time? I mean, you know, I, I, um, I don't so much right now. I know that that time will come again, but uh, right now I'm, it's, it's, I'm very focused on continuing to grow this company and be a part of what's happening here. And um, as I'm able, I do that here every now and then. But, you know, something that I love doing, uh, Maria, is I love you know, putting out, I do YouTube videos. I have a YouTube channel and I do YouTube videos. I have a YouTube um, series called wake up and when, and I do it, you know, multiple times a week. And it's just a four to six minute video that I do a couple times a week in the morning, um, just about principles of success, you know, different things. Sometimes it'll be more of a, a faith based message or something like that about walking with God or about trusting God. But I, I'll, I just do those on a consistent basis. And one of the most amazing things that we get to experience, just like we're experiencing right now, you're over there on the West Coast, I'm here on the East Coast, and then this um, audio is going to go out all over the world, you know? And so so the question is, do I get to travel and do that? Uh, not as much right now, but I'm thankful that God gets to carry my voice wherever it may go and um, impact people all over the world. I was going to say that you may not be traveling, but your voice is. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Same to you. Same with you. Thank you. Blaze, I know you quickly became a top performing sales agent within your company, the Lisa Group, and you have grown to be the number one agency manager. What are the most important biblical principles you must live by and you cannot compromise in a business career or in any career? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, in anything that you're stepping into, whether it's ministry or whether it's business, um, I think you've got to, you got to have vision. First of all, you got to have a vision of, you know, without vision, the people perish, right? Um, and, you know, there's so many people in the business world that understand this better than even Christian pastors. You know, they have a vision for the future. And when I think of vision, I think of faith. The, those two things have to be coupled together, you know, in order to see the future. That's what leaders do. They see the future before it's there and they believe what they see. You know, they have a, they see the future and they believe it. You know, that's what Paul said, or in the book of Hebrews, he said, you know, it's, it's declaring a thing as though it was, you know, mm-hmm. those things that are not as though they were seeing, seeing what can be possible because, you know, I'm not the type of person. I, I mean, I believe there's a interesting balance between the sovereignty of God and the, the, um, the course of humanity through our own choice. I believe in that God is directing the course of humanity, even the course of our own personal lives. But there's so many times where God calls us to partner with that plan. And in your personal life, if it's in your business, and I look in my business, I have to have a vision for the future and I have to believe where we're going. And then I have to, you know, for me personally, it's just welcoming God into that. It's going, okay, Lord, I ask you for your blessing on this. I ask you to expand my ability within here to be a blessing to many people. And, um, you know, I think a lot, you know, a lot of Christians might be afraid of success sometimes because they're afraid that they might get prideful or they're afraid that, you know, the success might knock them off the path. I want to encourage you, don't, don't fear success. Fear mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Fear God. And in the fear of the Lord, there is a safety that allows you, you know, God says, if you'll humble yourself, 
then he'll lift you up. The Lord wants to lift you up. He wants to raise your head. He wants to give you influence. So don't be afraid of success. Go after it. And everything you do, do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord, not unto men. Um, so those are some different principles and concepts and scriptures that stick out to me that I try to live by. That's true. And you mentioned an important point because sometimes when people have a vision, they don't truly believe it. How, Mm -hmm. what can you, what advice can you give to someone who has the vision, but inside there, they have still some insecurities about believing it. Yeah. Don't we all, right? (laughs) Don't we all? I mean, I mean the, the, the. So how do you get over that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the biblical narrative is all about, um, is all about overcoming doubt with and, and believing God. But, you know, I would say this to Maria, God's God is very merciful in his, um, he's very generous in his, in his, uh, assessment of our lives. And, you know, Abraham, it says Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him as righteousness. Abraham, had so many mistakes. We've got a record of Abraham's mistakes in, you know, in, in Genesis and, and God still says of him, Abraham believed God and it was counted into him as righteousness. Um, you know, same thing with so many others that, that made their mistakes along the way and they stumbled along the way. The good news is that when we are faithless, he is still faithful. Now I will say that at the, that yes, we want to trust him to be faithful to us, but we we want to do our part in in following through and believing. So something that I like to do, a very practical thing to answer your question on a practical level, is I've got journals that I fill up on a daily basis. I've got I've got journals that I write in every single day, and um, be it five minutes. You know, you might not have a lot of time in the morning and when you're running around, but Hey, just take that journal out and write down, you know, write down the vision. That's what, um, Oh goodness. I can't remember the, the, uh, the scripture reference, but he says, write down the vision so that, um, he who runs with it can run with it. Right. Mm -hmm. Back in chapter two, I think it is write it down so that, so that the messenger can run with it. So I want, not just for my team or my business partners, but for myself, I need to write down every day what I see for my future. Sometimes that's what I see for my day. Sometimes it's what I see for my tomorrow. Sometimes what I see for my five years down the road, but I need to write that down and revisit that consistently Mm -hmm. so that it'll get stuck in my head. Maria, here's something that a lot of people do and they don't realize it. They go, well, I don't have time to do that. or I don't have time Mm -hmm. to meditate upon that. Well, what else are you meditating upon? You're probably listening to something on the way to work. You're watching TV when you get home. You're like, and all that's fine if you want to do that. But what do you really want in life? If you want to believe for bigger things mm-hmm. and greater things for your life, then you're going to have to um, hear the right things, see exactly. the right things, Focus and do the, the right, right things. things. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So I, I say those things to myself. You know, I, I look myself in the mirror and I tell myself, what God has told me. I tell myself where I'm going in my business, in my future, in my marriage, in my family. So those are things that help inspire my heart with faith when I feel like I'm lacking that. Amen. Now, do you ever share that when you do any trainings? All the time. That's awesome. What response do you get from or reaction do you get from the crowd? Oh, people love it. Yeah, people love it. Um, You know, because I I mean, I think people... And especially whenever, 
you know, when you're in a more secular world, like our secular business world, you're not necessarily mm-hmm. preaching. You're not necessarily, there's, exactly. there's so many ways to share these principles without, um, you know, being preachy necessarily. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways that you can inspire people to believe. And, um, and so I'll share these principles all the time. And I mean, That's it's awesome. like, in some senses, people are like, wow, it's, you know, it feels like it's hocus pocus. You, you write it down, you speak it, and then it comes to pass. It's like, well, yeah, that's the way life works. You know, mm-hmm. God designed this world. The, the, the whole construction of the world was based on a word, right? And then we were put into existence by the word of his power, and we are made in his image with the power of that same word. And I don't think we understand our power as believers. Um, and even just as human beings made in the image of God, we have power to create. Now, sometimes that can be for the negative and more than often we want it to be for the positive. The power of life and death is literally in the tongue. Exactly. And you raise up a very important point and that is by going by the word and not going by what Um, the world is saying, because it's so easy to believe what the world is saying. But yet, when the word says something different, we struggle with it. Mm -hmm. You know, we can, we can believe what the media is saying, or what a magazine is saying. But yet, we go to the Bible, and we're like, oh, I struggle with, you know, I'm made by the image of God, you know, I'm made in God's image. I mean, they're just, I just find it so interesting that if what you just said is that we just struggle with that, but if they can, if people who are living by the world can make that transition. And so, um, thank you so much for pointing that out, that we need to live by God's word. Definitely. Definitely. In your opinion, what is the most common area where people struggle? Is it their motivation? Is it their financial situation, relational, faith, or doubt. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think life in general has its struggles and its ups and downs. You know, in all those areas. I think that um, I think that you know maybe your your question would be like in regards to do people struggle more in one of those or, or the other? I think they struggle in all those areas, but I think it's about having trust in the midst of it. You know, I mentioned, um, I mentioned doubt and I mentioned like, you know, even in our, in our conversation that we had through email, just about, I think I, I've been able to help a lot of people that are going through doubts in their walk with God based upon their circumstances. You know, I've talked to a lot of people that maybe they had, a failure and or a financial failure or a um, relational failure or a marital failure or you know they they just feel like failures and so they start to doubt God you know or maybe something doesn't come through like they thought it would or you know maybe they felt like God had a promise for their life and it just didn't happen you know I I didn't get married till I was thirty one or I guess I was thirty one or thirty two we just celebrated five years of marriage but I'll tell you what in those those years of being 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, as time went on, I mean, I was a dedicated follower of Jesus the whole time. And, um, I, I desired a wife and a family and, uh, you know, that was, that was hard. And there were times at 25 to 20 to 30 where I was just going, Lord, like, this is, 
this is tough. And you can begin to doubt God's promise over your life or what you sensed from the Lord about those things. And, um, but I think at the end of the day, you know, we've got to, we've got to, as people fling ourselves onto the love of God, throw ourselves onto his love and his mercy. I think we have sometimes a, a wrong view of the Lord, like, like, like as though his timing has to be just like ours. You know what I mean? And um, I've got a two-year-old now, and sometimes she gets so upset when things don't happen super fast. And I'm like, sweetie, like you, we just, you just got to set that down so I can put this in your hand. You know, like you've got this empty cup that you're mad about. Just set that down. I got a full one right here for you. But in the meantime, if you're going to fuss and yell, I'll still be here with you. And I think we, as God's children, sometimes we got to understand that through the ups and downs, he's with us in all the doubts and the struggles, but, it, but he needs us to let go so we can receive what he's got for us. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And it also connects with what you said earlier about what you do. Um, and that is the journaling, what you see, what you do, what you hear. So during the, in the times of doubt or during in the times of struggle, you're doing those things to keep you moving forward. Am I, right. is that right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And because I if mean, you didn't do that, you'd probably just give up. Yeah. You just kind of like, you just, if you're not putting vision out there and life's not going the way you wanted it to go, I'll mm-hmm. say this. If life's not going how you want it to go, when we're sitting there asking God to make a change in our lives, I believe that the Lord is looking right back at us and saying, Hey, I need you to make a change in your life. You know, sometimes we're asking God for miraculous change, but he's given us so much power to follow through and to make changes in our own lives. We are way more powerful than we realize. So instead of getting frustrated about our circumstance, instead of sitting back and saying, this is not how I wanted it to be. Well, you know what? Make a change, control what you can control, and then trust God with the rest, right? Right. So like you said, it may be us that needs to make the change before our surroundings or exactly. our life can change. Exactly, exactly. Blaze, I know you are, or you have, two Amazon bestsellers in the categories of religion, spirituality, and leadership. What advice would you give a new author who was, or who has written a book, but does not know what publisher to choose? Sure, sure. So, you know, for me, that was a, uh, here's something that I would give advice for, for authors or, um, communicators is become active on social media. Okay. It's a very, like, it's, it's important because life is not like it used to be, you know, writing books is not like it used to be, you know, you could write a book back in the day and then you send, send that copy to so many different agents until it gets to a publisher and so on and so forth. But nowadays you can create a social following to where you can create a market where you don't even need that middleman, right? Mm-hmm. I spent, so here's, here, give you an example. I spent probably 10 years actively engaging on social media, posting encouraging things, posting blogs, posting, you know, putting my thoughts out there, not in full book form, but in short form, consistently putting content out there. And um, that content varied over a decade, right? It wasn't always the same. Some of my thoughts were different back 10 years ago than they are today. Some are completely different, right? But the fact is I put content out consistently and I grew a following consistently because my followers knew that I was going to be there. 
seven or eight years of consistent content online. And I had a following of, you know, four, three to 4,000 followers. So that when I came out with my first book, I was able to say, Hey guys, if you've appreciated, you know, the last few years you followed me or you appreciate my content, here's, you know, here's all of that condensed into a book form. Um, And a lot of people picked up the book because I had put out. So, so here's what I'd say. A lot of people are afraid of putting out content because, Oh, what if I don't get any likes on it? You know, Oh, I put out a post on Facebook or I put out a post on Twitter. or I put a blog out and no, it only got, you know, two likes or three likes. Well, don't worry about that. Right. Don't worry about mm-hmm. that. Don't think about that. Everybody starts out that way. And if you, if you wait until you're going to get a hundred likes, then you will never start. Right. So, mm-hmm. so everybody just needs to be themselves. They need to be who God created them to be. And they need to start sharing. If they want to share in a written platform, eventually through an, through a book by authoring a book, I would highly encourage everyone that wants to do that to start with a blog and start on social media and start writing and putting your thoughts out there consistently. And don't wait till they're perfect. You know, don't wait until, don't wait until your thoughts are perfectly put out. Just put them out there because the more consistent you are, people love that honesty. So, you know, I, I went ahead and did, um, I did Amazon create space when that was out, I guess, two, 2013 and self-published through Amazon create space, both of my books. Um, one was it is finished why you can quit religion and trust in Jesus. That was in 2014. And then the other one was in 2016. Um, called chatting with 100, uh, talking about public speaking. So, you know, both of those books were in kind of different genres, but I self-published both of them. So did you use Facebook a lot or were there just a variety of different social medias that you were using? Great question. Yeah, I use, I use Facebook a lot. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that think, you know, Facebook might be on its way out because it's been around so long, just like, cause, cause there's always different new platforms coming mm-hmm. up. But Facebook has been around for a very long time and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. And so that was the number one platform I used because it did allow for long form writing, almost like journaling where I could just write long posts. So, um, you know, I just encourage people get active if, and share your thoughts consistently. If you want to impact people, you know, don't wait till you have this big agent that can put your book out all over the place. Just start impacting people daily with thoughts. Even if that just means you put a motivating um, word out there once a day or a Bible verse with your like short comment, comment on it, you know, or or whatever, but just put yourself out there. Cause if you really want to, we're in the generation of, it doesn't have to be someday now because you can impact people today. You can have a bigger sphere of influence right now because of just like you're doing, starting this starting this radio program. You could have waited till somebody came to you and said, please start this, but you are putting yourself out there, right? So. Exactly. Amen. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Blaze Foray, who is an entrepreneur, business manager, evangelist, author, and a preacher from Greensville, South Carolina. He is an insurance business owner or manager of the Leaser Group. Today, we are discussing his testimony when God led him to step out of full-time Christian ministry to pursue a career in sales in 2015, which led him into full-time success in the insurance business and in different career areas. Blaze, let's talk about discerning times and seeing the great awakening in the entertainment industry. Please share what God has revealed to you about this topic. 
so um so yeah i think that uh it's been interesting to watch over the last few years um you know hollywood and the entertainment industry i'll say this it's uh it's it, 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 I'll use some strong language. It's a cesspool of sin. Okay. At the end of the day, it, it really is. And um, I don't mean that everybody is so evil and bad over there. I'm just saying that for the most part, it it's a, it's an industry that's, um, you know, I've done a lot of research into this where you, know, you look at people like, um, like Harvey Weinstein, one of the major uh, players of that industry. And you see what he was involved in. And you see the blackmail that was going on and the sexual harassment that was going on and, and the rape victims that are out there. And those are just the ones that came forward that we know about, right? But but there's an entire the whole industry is built on that on on that right there, which is, you know, the casting couch and that whole issue over there. So my point being that I believe that God wants to take people because at the end of the day that you know the industry in my in my view is like babylon you mm. know but the but the people are the people the people are made in god's image their love right there's nothing wrong with art and entertainment it's awesome but it's it's taking that and then it's it's twisting it to to bring you know, to, to bring evil messages into the world and to mess with people's lives and to, you know, bring issues in culture. But I believe that God wants to raise up artists that are, that are filled with his light and filled with, with his love artists and writers that are going to do things in a different way. And I don't just, I don't mean just make um, the traditional Christian movies that never really took off. I, I just mean, make creative, powerful films and music and things that aren't filled with, um, with you know just tons of sexual immorality and because at the end of the day you know these people say that they're just trying to reflect culture in their films and in their music Mm -hmm. but the truth is it's it it's actually influencing culture you know you take a 10 year old today Mm -hmm. um and you look at a 10 year old 50 years ago now i get sin is sin and and life like people are going to do bad things no matter what. But if, mm. if you take a 10 year old 50 years ago and a 10 year old today, they know so much more just because of the music they listen to and the TV they watch. Right. And, and just having access to all this stuff. So it, it is an influence on culture and we need a cultural revolution. You know, something that happened recently that I don't know, um, how many of your listeners kind of saw what happened here, but, and there was a lot of, uh, controversy around it but Kanye West came out and said that he became a believer in Jesus and I watched his testimonies and I watched his interviews and I watched so many people say well he's fake and all this Mm -hmm. stuff and Mm -hmm. I was like you know um that's great that you can have such a strong opinion on 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 this man's heart and on God's Mm -hmm. work in his life but you know the apostle Paul says who are you to judge another man's servant you know, before the before the, his master, he stands or he falls. And so I started to watch what, what was happening in Kanye's life. And I sent such a genuine mm-hmm. transformation in the presence of God. I listened, I listened to his um, album, Jesus is King, on the way home mm-hmm. from a flight after doing a training event uh, in Nashville or Kansas City. And I was flying home listening to it. 
And I was weeping on the airplane as I was listening to these songs. Wow. I was, I mean, the presence of God was flooding my heart. I was, I picked up my car in Atlanta, was driving back to Greenville, a two and a half hour drive. And I had to pull over and I was shaking under the presence of God and the fear of the Lord as I was listening to this album. There was so much scripture and so much anointing and so much worship on this album. I was having such an encounter with God, like I had had in like revival meetings at, um, you know, when I was in Kansas City when we had a huge revival outpouring. I mean, I was having those kind of experiences listening to this man's music. I was going, Lord, this is the great awakening. This type of thing right here is, you know, somebody that's now having the hashtag Jesus is King trending all over Twitter and on Facebook mm. because he put an album called Jesus is King out and having all these people say, well, what does this mean? You know, and, and it's like Christians will always, re- religious people will always find something to nitpick mm. about people that don't fit their box, mm-hmm. right? They will always find an issue. They all want a perfectly curated person that has a perfect history. Or when they do get saved, they say everything perfect. You know, there's no, they're not, they've fixed their trust words the same day they got saved. It's like, give me a break. That's not real life. You know what I mean? And Jesus Christ is way more, he's way way more in the dirt with those people than he is in the high places with the Pharisees. Right. And so if we're not careful in the church, we're going to start. Um, I mean, this, this is across the board. And, and I wrote an article two days ago in response to Christianity today's article on politics and Donald Trump. And I won't open up that whole can with you, but you can, y'all can go read that article if you want, but everybody wants things curated to fit their perfect, perfectly theological box. And it's not about, it's not about, um, the fruit. It's about the, 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 the canister almost. It's like, they want to clean, they want to clean outside of the cup regardless of whether that inside is bringing forth no good fruit at all. They just want something that looks clean, right? So I don't know. I just want to encourage Christians to mm-hmm. um, ask the Lord for discernment in all of these mm-hmm. areas before pointing the finger. Just like take an assessment of yourself and then say, Holy Spirit, just the last thing I want to do is be pointing at somebody accusing them of being false or something like that. When at the end of the day, I mean, we're both going to be standing for the judgment seat of Christ. And I don't want to be standing here like in the Lord be going, yeah, you pointed at your brother calling him false and made all these accusations to him. You know, like that's not what I want. Does that make sense? So. It makes perfect sense. It, it makes me think about um, that we have forgotten. We Christians have forgotten when we were saved. You know, Mm -hmm. I remember when I was saved, you know, 13 years ago, I used to swear a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, did that, did that change overnight? No, it didn't. It changed gradually. Right. You know, so many things changed in me gradually. I mean, yes, I would have loved to have it change overnight, but you know, God goes us or takes us through a process of transformation. And I think we Christians have forgotten that. God takes us through a process and he's taken everyone through the process. And even still, when you have, you know, gone through or overcome something that um, you've always wanted to overcome, there's something else there that he's taking you to. We're always growing. So I think we forget about that. And I yeah. think too, uh, Maria, Maria, just say this last thing about that is, 
I think if we would do unto others as we would have them do unto us, then if we would, if we would have share the same compassion and mercy with others that we would long for the Lord to share with us, then we would have a much different kind of church, much different kind of Christianity in the world. So, yeah. Yes. And that brings up, brings me to asking you is, um, your next book, or your, I want to say next book, your book that you wrote in 2014, it is finished. Why you mm-hmm. can quit religion and trust in Jesus. So I think that that ties in with what you're saying, this religious spirit, yeah. this judgmental spirit. Yeah. Can you share yeah, more about your book? Because I know it's about this generation who has come to the end of religion and we just have to let go of the pressure of measuring up. And um, so can you shed more light about that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I wrote that book in um, 2014, early 2014. And uh, it was it was really about my journey. It was a, a two and a half, three year journey of um I guess I I guess I would say coming to a fresh revelation of the goodness, love, and grace of God. And, you know, I was always a very passionate um, believer and very zealous, you know, and I, I mean, um, you would find me at the at the 21-day fast event, the 40-day fast <laughs> event. I mean, that, that was the kind of, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I think looking looking back, even at that book that I wrote, it was such a pivotal time in my life. And I really believe the Lord led that um, that time in that book. And, you know, there's probably some things that I would say, you know, even now I might say them a little differently, but I think what God was doing in me at the time was showing me that, you know what, Blaze, all of your efforts, all of your pressing in, you know, we press into God, we reach out for God, but, you know, God reached out so much further to us. God, before Mm -hmm. we ever said a prayer, he had already come and he did that with everyone in mind he didn't do that with just a few people in mind he did that with me in mind he did that with you in mind he did that with kanye in mind he did that with all these people you know all these different kinds of people from the lowest to the highest all of us and i believe that we have to go back to that starting point to get a proper view of ourselves mm-hmm. you know if we can as believers, the reason we get so religious is because we start to reach these heights in our abilities to be good or, oh, I've obeyed God this well, or I've read this much of the Bible or whatever it might be. And all that stuff is like, it doesn't really count for anything. You know, I mean, it it doesn't act. It's not like God's check marking, like, wow, look how many quiet times they've had. Oh, look how many, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I just, I think those things are, powerful but they're powerful for us they're good for us because it's like it's like being in a marriage where you never spend time with your spouse like you can have all the theological language in the world that says oh i'm right with god i'm right with god but if you never spend time with god then mm-hmm. sure he loves you but you you're never experiencing that love so why mm-hmm. aren't you spending time you know so i think there's a, a a really healthy balance there but i do think that we need to maybe lean a little more onto the side of understanding that this whole relationship thing first fell on his shoulders and we could never crawl our way back to God, but he came all the way down. He didn't meet us halfway. He came all the way down. He came and he met us in our junk, in our dirt. You know, he's the one that 
um, took that initial step. And so when we can understand that that's how much he loves us, then we can be inspired to do the good works he set out for us. If you never do another good work in your life, you are loved passionately forever by the Father, just for the, because of the fact that you are his child, right? Absolutely. And it brings me to the next question. There are people out there that do go to church, um, that read the Bible, they know the Bible, but have never had an encounter with God. How do we have yeah. an encounter with God? That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I mean, I can think back to the first time when I met the Lord. Like, I wish there was a formula. I, re I really wish there was in some senses. But he does say, if you seek me, then you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And, um, you know, I think about the times where God has really met me the most is it's when I've come to the end of myself and I've just, it's like, okay, Lord, just whatever you want to do in my life, I want you to do. And, uh, you know, I think too, just b believing that we could have an encounter with God, believing that God wants to talk to us, believing that he wants to be friends with us. You know, the, the encounters can look like all kinds of different things. You know, I used to study a lot of supernatural Christianity. There's a book called 2000 Years of Charismatic Christianity that I studied years ago. Can't remember who wrote it, but it's a great book. It talks about the encounters with God that people have had all the way from the books of book of Acts, all the way through church history, even in the Catholic church and, you know, and the monks and the priests and all this stuff and just the different, uh, different denominations, the Quakers and all these people where, I, I mean, you talk about encounters with God. Like I was 15 years old when I, the first time, I mean, I, I started seeking God for the encounter that I read about in the book of Acts. And I was just like, Lord, I want, every, I want what they have. I want mm -hmm. that, that, that power on my life. And nobody laid a hand on me. It was just me in my bedroom. And I felt like the electricity of the Holy spirit just touched my body in such a powerful way. And, um, and, but I was desperate, you know what I mean? I just wanted it. So like, what does it say? First Corinthians or second Corinthians 14, he says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. But of course, all, all of it is founded in second uh, Corinthians 13, which is love or first Corinthians 13, which is love. But my point is eagerly desire, whether that be the spiritual gifts or whether that be the, the presence of God, like everything comes from that place of desire. And so I think when it comes to an encounter with God, you don't need to um, define it a certain way, but just say, God, I've read my Bible all my life. I've known you all my life. I've grown up in church all my life, but I've heard about you from my parents all my life, but I want to know you for real. If you're for real, God will respond to that kind of prayer. You can be real with God and tell him that you want to know him and he'll answer you. Amen. Amen. What does the Bible say how we should prepare going back to the Great Awakening? Um, how, what does the Bible say how we should prepare for the Great Awakening? Um, I mean, you know, uh, the Great Awakening can be defined in all kinds of different ways. I mean, um, charismatic Christianity or has, has talked about the Great Awakening as like, you know, the great revival in the last days where the Lord is going to pour out his spirit and do all these things. Um, I believe we're on the precipice of that. I, but I think that it's going to come in multiple arenas of 
life. It's not just going to be in the church where all of a sudden you're going to have like, you know, awesome things happening in the church, but it's going to be all throughout Hollywood, throughout the music industry. It will be people that you don't like getting saved and becoming a person that you now have to listen to. Mm-hmm. Right. It, mm-hmm. it will. And I think the biggest way that, um, that we can prepare our hearts is just to have discernment is have, have discernment about like not be judging, not be, but be full of love and be open hearted. Let me give you an example. You know, the people of God in Israel years ago were in Babylon and, mm-hmm. and, um, and God wanted to use a secular King who was not who was not a part of the people of God to basically help fund them to build their temple. And this King's name was Cyrus. Now I can guarantee you when this King Cyrus got in, got put in place and God started to use him to do certain things for the people of God, I can guarantee you there were certain religious pious people that probably started to dissect and look back at this King's life and see if this King was worthy of being used by God to bring about blessing on the people of God. And I'm sure if there had been an internet back then, there could have been blogs written. There could have been all kinds of things written about this King who was not a part of the people of God who was being used by God. But those people who would criticize that, that King Cyrus back then, they're not spoken of today. They've gone long past in history. Who's spoken of now is the people of God who were blessed by that king, and that King Cyrus is known as a as in biblical history as a as a Gentile king who is anointed by God to do great things in the Great Awakening. I believe that the people of God today have to have more discernment and understanding mm. in geopolitical issues across the world of what's going on in human trafficking, of what's going on in who who is being used to shut down human trafficking across the world? Who's being used to actually set free the captives and do the things that the Lord has called us to do across the world in every industry, in the entertainment industry, in politics, and in, in the church? And all, because there will be even people in the church that look like they're anointed by God, that when 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 dirt comes out on them, will realize, wow, they were just a wolf in sheep's clothing. And then there'll be people that were not even, didn't even seem like believers where God's like, I used this person. I used this woman. I used this man. Mm -hmm. And you did not recognize it because you were so religious in your mind. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think back to your question, how do you prepare? All I can say is we've got to walk with God. We've got to be close to the Lord. And that doesn't, that, that doesn't mean you have to like, you know, become a monk and hide out and just be only in prayer all the time, but you just (laughs) got to have an open heart that just says, God, Help me to hear your voice. I want to see what you're doing. Ask God for dreams. Ask God for visions. Ask God to show you things. You know, I love hearing from the Lord in dreams. It gives me so much clarity when things happen in real life. I'm like, oh, wow, I sense that. Mm -hmm. Be ready to take your place as these things happen in life. Some people don't have that spiritual gift of discernment. Mm Mm-hmm. So I know you were encouraging people that to have that gift. We can pray sure. for that gift, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when you think about the gift, like think about the prophetic and like dreams, visions, those things, those are, those. I mean, I know people that have those things all the time, you know, um, and that's more of like a spiritual gift. But when, it, when I say discernment, I mean, less about discerning like in, in a very, ultra spiritual way where you feel like you heard so clearly from God at this word from God or something. I just mean having a soft heart that can recognize God Mm -hmm. in the form, 
in a form that maybe um, you wouldn't expect him to come in, mm-hmm. right? Like, for example, I could take hundreds of verses like to, like the Israelites did. They, they could take, the Pharisees took lots of verses to, to point out the fact that Jesus Christ was not the Messiah. That's what the Pharisees did. Well, Jesus Christ was the Messiah and mm-hmm. he came in a way that they weren't expecting. They wanted him to come as a ruling king. He came as a suffering servant, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the same type of thing when, when God is working in life. Like even when I mentioned earlier in the entertainment industry with Kanye, it's like, I have, I read people's blogs about Kanye West. Well, God would never use a rich man that was so prideful before. I'm like, have you even read your Bible? You know what I mean? Like, do you realize that God can use anybody and he's not, he is not um, captured by our religious boxes. And so that's what I mean by discernment is just keep an open heart, keep an Mm -hmm. open mind and, um, and always ask the Holy Spirit just to just, just, I ask the Lord, just, you know, reveal to me what you're doing in, in this person, reveal to mm-hmm. me what you're doing through this person. I want to hear from you in whatever avenue it may come. Amen. Thank you so much, Blaze, for sharing your testimony, your biblical knowledge, your passion for spreading the gospel around the world, and even in your workplace, and sharing the wisdom of the success the Lord has given you in many areas of your life. Would you please end with a prayer with whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you to pray for? Definitely. Father, I just thank you for her radio show that you've given her. I ask you to bless this show. I pray that um, you would continue to bring more guests to her. That could be a blessing to all of her listeners throughout the world. Continue to provide for them everything they need for her family. Um, I ask you to bless her life and her relationships and her finances and um, her influence, Father, and her faith and her trust in you. Lord, we ask you right now for every person within the sound of my voice, uh, whether that be the first time this goes out on the radio or multiple times that it's listened to, Lord, we ask you for the love of God to penetrate the hearts of every person that hears this audio right now, that they would know how great, how wide, how deep is the love of God that's shown through Jesus Christ, that they would feel the touch of your Holy Spirit on their heart right now, that they would know that they are not alone and that they're cared for and that they're held forever in the arms of a good father. And Father, I pray that you would uh, continue to awaken the world to what you're doing. Lord, we ask you to pull down the blinders and to open the doors for, of the captives that are uh, behind chains right now, Lord, be that in uh, spiritual chains and in, in all these different industries where there needs to be awakening, or whether that be in physical chains and in, in the human trafficking industry that's going on across the world. And um, Lord, I pray that you would awaken people to research these things, to look into these things and to find out what's happening. Lord, we ask you to bless our nation, Lord, bless the nations of the world, but bless our nation that we live in because this is where we are. This is our home. We ask you to bless our nation, that you would bring great awakening to our nation, that you would put your hand on the leadership of our nation, Lord, that you would work throughout every sphere of government, and Lord, that you would raise up righteousness and, and peace in every heart of every person in politics and throughout the church and throughout the industries of entertainment, Lord, throughout business, throughout finance, Lord, we ask you for 
revival in every sphere of society in our nation. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We will return next Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Coast time with another special guest the Lord has brought to Faith City Outreach. Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Salmos 117. Alaban al Señor, naciones todas, pueblos todos, cántenle alabanzas. Grande es su amor por nosotros. La fielidad del Señor es eterna. Aleluya. Alabado sea el Señor. You have been listening to the Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. The music used in this broadcast is provided courtesy of zapsplat.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.